Um, it's for her and her and him. And it goes out with love, as always, to Ricky and Jim and Doogie and Lorraine. And it's called Cambridge 2018. You say, relax, we made it. And it's true. Me and her and her and you, here we stand. Behind those weird guys with the list and in front of some hall only six. Across the miles and the years in the night. But the songs, oh yeah, take me back to when I loved you, when the town that you just drove from held us all, and our dreams in this life were only surface flicking. In the 30 years of blue, me and her, and her and you, have travelled, spinning, crossing orbits, flying wide, talking and tripping and teasing, headed for this best part of the day. So I look at you, and her, and her and me. Holding this long recognition close. Simply glad that it exists at last. And then I turn to him. And him and him and her. And for the next two hours, it's all about the song. Yes. A fine Scottish band indeed. <laughs> and my ab absolute favourite in the whole world. Like Crazy. Yeah, no, they're the best. I, well, I only know about them because okay, so I had this group. Uh, oh, wait. We're so, yeah. Um, It's 10 o'clock here. It's so, 10 thanks, Holly. Um, I guess we close this session out. And thanks, everybody, for coming. Yay, we and did it again. Another great show. Yeah. Another perfect show with beautiful poetry and wonderful music. And uh, yay. And thanks to Morgan Gear, yes, uh, aka Truck and Prayer, for playing for us. And we're here every Wednesday. Play some Deacon Blue for me, Pam. Yay! You guys are the best. Every Wednesday, I look forward to this, and I'm so excited, and I can't wait for next week with all of the new work. And everyone's amazing, and I love you all so much. Be safe this week. Sun House, the collection of recordings made in the 60s for Columbia Records, 1965. With hey everybody, we are in the Some Call Me Tim hour. I have no idea. What's happening today? I hope that LaToya, the Sheriff of Truth, is going to give me a call. Uh, I'm going to play some uh, old morning train until we get to that with J.D. Buell. He has sadly left this mortal plane, but we still get to listen to the dulcet tones of his beautiful voice and his incredible music choices here from the morning train on mutinyradio.fm. Hopefully on some Call Me Tim here, we're going to have some calls in today and some special guests I am ill-prepared, as I usually am. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I also want to let you know if you are listening live or if you are listening this week on this podcast, the Oakland Unicorn is now alive. What is the Oakland Unicorn, you might ask? It's the newest, hottest, sexiest beast, comedy beast in the Bay Area. It is at 26 and Telegraph down in Oakland. It is an outdoor COVID-compliant club with social distancing and little tables and wiped down microphones and people wearing masks. 
it's going to be great. This opening weekend um, has both Kabir Singh and Xander Beltran headlining. Alyssa Westerland and Jade are on some of those shows, as well as Sam Carroll. And I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'll be hosting both uh, Thursday and Saturday nights at the Oakland Unicorn. You can get your tickets now at oaklandunicorn.com. Definitely check that out. And we're going to be back with some Call Me Tim in just a sec. Latoya, the Sheriff of Truth. Whoa. There she is. What's going on? Hey. What's up, radio people? Yeah. How are Can you? you? Hear me? How are you hanging in there, Miss Lady? Uh, well, uh, I had a depressing weekend, but I'm doing fine right now. Oh, good. How's your, how's your family? Your dad okay? Yes. He's um, recovering nice. So the good thing is he has moved to a different room and he's out of ICU. Okay. So that's good. And, uh, yeah, you know, ah, I just lost my earpiece. Well, good. Hey, uh, in, in, in news on my front, the Oakland Unicorn is opening up tomorrow and I get to host uh, two of the opening week shows, weekend shows. I'm really excited about that. The new venue. Oh, oh, the new venue in, um, Oakland. Did I lose you? I lost you. Lost her and got her back. So, my uh, bad. My, yeah. my, my thing fell out my ear. My ear. Or fell out my ear. So what's up, radio? What's up, radio people? On Yay. this nice, cloudy, gloomy day. We're all still alive. You know, um, this the, a little bit of sun came out in the mission for a minute, but it was just it just it just peeked its head out and then went away. Uh, what was that? It just the, the sun just peeked its little head out and then went away. So, but it was nice for like two oh, yeah. seconds here in the mission. <laughs> yeah, this has been a crazy week. Did you know that phone sex is a thing? People still do that. 
I should become a one nine hundred operator. I'm telling you, I had no idea. I, I, I am I am learning so much about myself, and. You mean like the one eight hundred? Yeah, the like I, I I'm like a one nine hundred operator at this point. Yeah, I've learned I've learned how to do phone sex. I you know I never understood it, and now I kind of get it, and especially in these COVID times, like I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Just to, just imagine how much we've evolved from like the nineteen nineties one nine hundred T U S S Y. Right. To like hey, there's Zoom sex. Yeah, no, I'm not even, there wasn't even any FaceTiming involved. This is all just on the phone. And I like it old school. Tomorrow's Throwback Thursday, so I'm going to definitely keep it real on Thursday and uh, throw it back to the old phone sex days with the phones. Real phones, no pictures, only ideas in your head. Creative. What's going on? Oh. I said cordless phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's on a cell phone. It's just my cell phone doesn't have, you know, FaceTime or whatever. So, but yeah, I've, I had no idea that I had no idea that I was this hot little commodity. I had no idea. Yeah, it's still around. I noticed that last year when I was watching cable TV at my mom's house when I was visiting her in Chicago, and they still come on at late night hours. That's so funny. And I was just thinking, like, there's still a market for this? So In these COVID times. No... Oh, yeah. I mean, there's still, like, people with no internet, I'm guessing. Well, no internet, obviously. So I guess, you know, the good old 1-800 F-U-C-K still works. It's still, it definitely... <laughs> No, I'm not. I'm not really becoming a, a phone sex operator, but I would consider it since I didn't realize I have such an aptitude and a skill for this. And my voice, I've heard that my oh, voice no. really the, works. In. The money is in cam girl work. Right. I've heard about this OnlyFans me? thing and this. Eh, I'm not. I don't uh-huh. know how to. I don't know how to get. I don't know how to get to that. I definitely don't want to do any of that chatter bait stuff. That kind of freaks me out. But like, I. You don't have to show your face. Oh. Are you kidding me? This is. Think about wow. this, because I've thought about this real hard. I've even asked my boyfriend permission if I could do OnlyFans, just in case the struggle gets extreme real, you know. Yeah. I ain't working at no grocery store putting up with no bullshit and getting paid shit. I'd rather show some peace, and that's right. one thing that you could do. Yeah, absolutely. So a friend of mine put this in perspective as, you know, you can do the OnlyFans without showing your face or what have you. I didn't no even think of that. I could wear a mask. Ha ha ha. Exactly. Right. You can still, there's a plushie still. Like, uh, yeah, the plushie. Furries, furries. That's furries, what they're called. yeah. Furries. You know, that's still. Or you can do some KKK work. Put a oh, hood dear on Lord. and put sheets. <laughs> Start your OnlyFans. Yeah, I'm going to. I mean, you might get. You might get one demographic, but... So you're actually, you should be proud of me this week. Um, one of my, you, you would be, you'd be very proud of me. I've, I've taken a turn in some of my, so I used to, when people used to be racist or homophobic or misogynistic, oftentimes I would just sort of turn a blind ear and not say anything, either like walk away or not interact or whatever. But I've been interacting with so many people online lately. And I've been talking to so many different people with so many different perspectives. And one of my buddies the other day was telling me a story. 
and he started getting lightweight racist. And I stopped him and I said, hey, your low-key racism isn't cool with me. And he's like, I'm not being racist. And I'm like, okay, actually what you just said was really racist. And I sort of broke down what he was saying and said, language is political, language is real. And when you say it doesn't matter, and yet you have this conversation with me, and you bring up some racist shit, you can tell that story without that language, and then it's not racist anymore. And if every person, I'd like to know what specifically he said. So he was talking about he was talking about ordering, and it was such first world problems. He was talking about ordering pizza at this place and a sandwich or something, and he was mad because the guy taking the order, who happened to be black, who was a young man, took his order wrong and kind of messed everything up, and it was kind of a clusterfuck, but it was still, it was a first world problem. Like, you're out ordering food, you have the money to buy food out, please, we're already in. But he said he was this black kid, and I go, it doesn't matter the color of his skin. Maybe it's that he's a millennial and he's just lazy. Maybe it's that he's a kid. Maybe it's that he's just a guy. And, and it's, but it doesn't have anything to do with the color of his skin. And when you bring that up, you're being racist. And if every person, when they were telling a story, didn't reference the color of someone's skin, we could start changing the conversation, you know, one conversation at a time. And I think it's going to make a difference. But I, yeah. but my point is that I have to call out. I've, I've started... In the past, I've been very like, oh, I'll just ignore that or I'll shove that down. But now I'm like, no, that offends me. And and I'm in California, and I'm going to spread my woke bullshit over all of you <laughs> because because we, we can change. Because the systematic racism in this country will only be changed when people start taking responsibility for their part in it and changing the language and changing the way that they have conversations about the issue. Right. So. And that's all we've ever wanted is like call it out if you see it. You right. know? And my thing is this I like to start using the word white supremacist because that really offends people. <laughs> Wait, I didn't like, I didn't oh, hear that. How dare you? Oh can you oh I didn't hear I you call them what? Oh call them white uh -oh. supremacists? Okay, what? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? I a little bit. Okay. Okay. Uh oh. No, no, uh, it's good. What do you what you I, call them? Oh right, I I said I started to call people of um, that act that way white supremacists because <laughs> there's nothing worse than that. Because calling someone a racist is just too easy nowadays. So when you hit them with a oh, I like your your uh, your white supremacist. Right, right, right. Or, your white oh, supremacy is scintillating. Tell me more. Tell me more about yes. your white supremacist outlook on on the world. Exactly. Right, and then they go, oh, but what? What do you What do you mean? Uh, but there's been I've been calling people out for that, and then I've also been calling people out for so I had a we I had an issue this week where I was not feeling supported by my peers and the people that were surrounding me, and so rather than pick up the martyrdom thing and talk about it behind their backs and say like, oh, I feel like all of these people aren't compensating me for my time and my gifts. And, and if it's not monetary, so I said, you know what, I'm going to ask them to do some things for me. So I, 
I confronted a person who I felt like was taking advantage of me, and I said, hey, it would be really helpful if you'd share the GoFundMe once a week and tag Mutiny Radio when you do these certain projects. And he flew off the handle. He's like, you don't appreciate me. You don't appreciate what I'm giving you and all this stuff. And I was like, I'm just telling you my feelings, and I feel taken advantage of. So I'd like some non-monetary compensation for the gifts that I've been giving you in that, the space of Mutiny Radio. And that this person like flew off the handles, like, well, I'm not ever coming back here then. I was like, well, you feel guilty because you realize that you have been taking advantage of me. But I'm not, I'm confronting people now and finally saying like, because if I don't, that mits, that's what makes me a martyr to be like, look, I'm doing all of this for you and you're not. But if I say, hey, here's here's the exchange. I'm not feeling equity in this exchange. I'd like you to do X, Y, and Z. And if you're not able to do that, then fuck your face, man. Get the fuck out of here. Like, anyway, I'm trying, because I've been getting these tarot card readings that are all about like, I can't move on until I make some changes. And I think that those changes are around me actually communicating my needs. Because they have value. And I'm, I'm worth something. My time yeah. is worth something. So, I don't know. That's what I'm trying. That's what I'm working on this week is just trying to be honest with my feelings with so, the people around me. No one has your back while this person was saying what they were saying? No, I was, I was just talking alone with them one-on-one. Yeah, and they so, just didn't want to. I, I asked for very little, and they flew off the handle and freaked out. And it was like, well, you know what then? All that says, all that reaction is, is that you feel guilty because you know, because you know the truth that, yeah, you've been using me and you've been taking advantage of me for this time and for my space. And because I'm, I'm starting to, I mean, I'm working really hard to try to save this radio station, and I need help. And the people who are using the space, and I, I, those are the people that need to help me. And when they're not, I can't just be like, no one supports me. I have to go to them and say, I'm not feeling supported. This is what I need you to do to help me feel more supported and have more equity here with, with our exchanges. And if they can't handle that, fuck them. I got enough people to do stuff here. I, I got enough stuff to do myself. I don't need that kind of like negativity. Absolutely. In my life. Right. Yeah. I mean, and first, to fly off the handle because I'm disagreeing with you and that person's in the wrong, that says a lot about who he is as with his character. Right. You know, doesn't want to take responsibility. Sounds very highly privileged. Highly privileged. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you highly know. privileged, highly entitled to all of my time and all of my work. But then I ask for some minimal compensation. It is so easy what I was asking for. I was asking to spread the GoFundMe, to take the GoFundMe that I'm running. So, for example, yesterday I spread the GoFundMe and a lot of people helped. I made $200 on the GoFundMe yesterday. $200. That's huge. In like two hours, I, I pass it around, asked people to pass it around, people donated. So it really works. And me asking of that, of people, is not a big ask. It's a button. It is a button on the internet that you press that says share. And that this person wasn't willing to do that tiny thing for me made me feel like you really don't value me. 
You really don't respect me and all the work that I'm doing for you. That's hard for me. That's hard because that like that like deflates my already fragile ego that, you know, I don't know. I just I just want to be valued. I just want to be appreciated. Yeah, it it always seems like every season you have to drag somebody like some somebody has to be a pendejo about whatever you say or if you disagree with them. You know, it's so silly. It is so silly. So, what's going on in the news this week? Have you been paying attention to anything, or no? Oh yeah. Give me, so, give me, give me some news. Okay. I, I can't even, I can't even pay attention to what's happening in the real world. I'm just getting involved in all this high school drama with Mutiny Radio, and then with all my <laughs> Zoom calls. You wouldn't believe the drama. Uh, wait, hold on one second. Sorry, I'm having technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah. Give us the uh, the uh, the news rundown according to Latoya, because I I honestly I I get all my news from you. I have no idea what's happening unless you tell me. Oh, All right. So, what is going on? Uh, secondhand news with the sheriff of truth. So the news. Um, it still sucks. Uh, nothing good is... Oh, wait, that's a lie. There is something good. Um, so, thank you. All right, so, I get to take my mask off now that I'm out of the store. All right. Okay, so, we have some good progressive news. So, in my former city and former state of St. Louis, uh, Cory Bush who uh, was running uh, for a a Congress seat in St. Louis, who is progressive, uh, won last night, won her primary. She actually is uh, a black progressive, and she uh, nursed a mother of two, as well as she uh, is a Black Lives Matter activist. She won uh, against her incumbent of William Clay, who has been in office since 2000, and all he's done is profit off of banks and corporations. So he's gone. That's good news. So that means you have AOC, Cory Bush, oh. Jamar Rahman. You have a you have more progressives coming in. And also in my former state of misery, they uh, they extended Medicare. So that's good. That's Missouri news. And if you want to watch some good comedy, watch the Donald Trump interview on Axios. It is a laugh riot. Oh, yeah? Um, what does, what, does, is he wearing oh, a mask? What does he say? Jesus. Oh, my God. It's just, it's, there's so much. There's 37 minutes of stupidity. And even the interviewer was, like, his facial expressions were like, is this guy serious? Is he really saying this? Um, for example, uh, the interviewer asked about John Lewis and did he think that, you know, were you impressed by him, uh, and what have you. And 45 says, there are a lot of, uh, uh, there are, uh, there are a lot of uh, people that are impressive. There are some people who are impressive and there's some are. He didn't answer the question. Oh, it's man. Just, it's, it's just, it's, if you if you want to laugh right, I watched the whole thing last night. Yeah, it, it, 
he's pretty fucking dumb, but we already knew that. Right, um, he's, he's, but he literally shows his, he, he shows his stupidity, yes? He like, does he pronounce anything wrong, or does he just keep using the same oh, words oh. over and over? Like, tremendous. Even, even, if, even if you watch some clips of it, there's a part where the, uh, the interviewer is asking him about the virus and how come he didn't control it when it came out, and then... For some reason, 45 has all these charts, like big old second grade color charts that they printed off their computer. It's really quite funny how he's trying to basically prove to the interviewer that, yes, this is, this is the status. Look at these charts. If you just watch that clip right there, which is one of the best clips and the funniest, you will understand we're in some deep shit. Yeah. But, uh, uh, let's see. The uh, House and the Senate still have not made their mind about our unemployment. Oh, my God. Thank you, Congress and Senate. What are we uh, going to do? We're not doing anything. Burn some shit? I mean, <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's the answer. I, I don't want... Yeah. I don't want it to come down to rioting, but in, and it won't until the food, until food becomes a resource that's scarce or difficult to get. Every, I mean, things will be okay. Well, I, I, people are still doing well, heroin. I don't know where they're getting their heroin from, but I saw oh. four people shooting up on the street on Leavenworth while I walked here today. Four people shooting up. That's a big one too. Yeah. Where are they so getting their I'm heroin glad you mentioned from? That. There's still a market for it. That's what's going on right now. There are more and more overdoses uh, than ever. Because yeah. now, I mean, people are still getting their hair with some out some way. But the thing is, you have people who are still in treatment or just got out who went back to their drugs. And they can't go to rehab because a lot of states are still doing the, um, the uh, quarantine. So now you have people who have relapsed who are overdosing. Oh, so add shit. that to the factor to your regular schedule program of other dope kings. So heroin, that's something that the uh, mainstream media doesn't want to discuss right now. Of course not. Because it's, 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 only, it's only one community, and they're not black. Well, Anne, you so, want to know? Do you want to know? Uh, actually, let's bring it to a race thing. All four people I saw shooting up today were white. Every single one of them. All four. <laughs> All four of the people that I saw with needles sticking out of their goddamn arm or in between. One of them did it um, on his hand. He was shooting up into his hand. Oh, God. And another person was no. shooting up into their foot. So I saw an arm, a hand, a foot, and I don't remember the third one because uh, he didn't have the needle actually on his body yet. He was still cooking it in his little cap. Um but they were all white. So, I don't know. Um, actually, I don't think... I don't think I've seen any black people slamming heroin in the past couple of weeks when I've been seeing people. Because I really... This is shit that I noticed. Like, when I walk, I don't have headphones on. I like, I'm very actively looking at my world around me. And, and I'm very interested when I see huge lines of people sitting on the street and they're all either they've just done heroin and they're nodding out or they're sleeping or they're shooting up right there and 
and none of them have been black. They've all been white. That's very interesting. I mean, it doesn't have to do, I mean, does it have to do with race? I don't know. Do like black people not use heroin as much? I don't know. We, we, we do. Um, and the thing is, like, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, black people don't shoot up because that's ignorant. <laughs> um, but I will say this. The demographic that has gotten strung out on the opioids was the demographic that was able to afford those oh. opioids, such as, like, your fentanyl and oxycodone and what have you. And then moved on to the hard or to the cheap stuff, heroin. Right. So if that says a lot, you know, there there is a class war when it comes to drugs and a race war when it comes to drugs. I just, every time I think of it, I just can't get the image of what I grew up with in the late 80s and the 90s of that stigma of crack being basically associated with anybody black. Well, and it rhymes. Crack? You don't think you don't think that there was a plan behind it that crack rhymed with black? Oh no, there was. I think there's a total oh, plan behind it because it's was called cocaine. Why call it crack? They could have called it anything, and I think that they chose the word crack because it rhymes with black, which is it. <laughs> uh, maybe the the government has these crazy large scale plans, and maybe they did. Maybe, maybe they did introduce crack to. I mean, we know that they introduced it into the black community to, to you know, demonize yeah. them and make them go to jail to for the, the whole system to work and to make money off yeah, that, the, the modern-day slavery. Let's just incarcerate them and then make them work for free. Um, but, but... Absolutely. I mean, because don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, the original war on drugs by the Nixon administration was aimed toward those dirty hippie liberals and those dirty black and brown. Right, and the and the and the black, the Black Panthers. Um, they tried to, to to demonize them, and that there was that they were scared of them, and I think that's why the one of the war on drugs started is it was a way to try to uh, incarcerate yeah. and get off because there was so much fear about where are the Black Panthers? Are they going to come back? Like. Are they? You would think, especially during Black Lives Matter, that they would like reappear as uh, as a as a group and not as like a. I don't see them as. I, so I've never seen the Black Panthers as modern day terrorists, but I think that the government. I think our government would the say government the Black Panthers, that yeah. the Black Panthers are are a domestic terrorist group, and I don't believe that at all, not even a little. But I'm sure that our government would. I'm sure that our government is even saying that the no, Black Lives did. Movement message is terrorism. They did infiltrate. The government did infiltrate the Black Panther Party. Again, wow. that's leading into the end of the Johnson administration, yeah. who, by the way, did what? Signed the Civil Rights Bill in 1964. Oh. Um, but he also um, had the CIA, um, not the, excuse me, the FBI, uh, who uh, was in charge, excuse me, who, uh, Herbert Hoover, not Herbert Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover, sorry, was still in charge of at that time. Ah. So the government did definitely infiltrate into the Black Panther Party, as well as um, a, 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 a civil rights group that a lot of people don't know about, which is SNCC. 
and a lot of people are starting to read up about it now because since John Lewis, Representative John Lewis just passed, uh, R.I.P. brother, uh, and SNCC started in the early 60s, which ended up switching over from John Lewis to one of my personal favorite civil rights uh, heroes, uh, Stokely Carmichael, a.k.a. Uh, Kwame Touré. And so Kwame Touré is the one, a.k.a. Stokely Carmichael, is the one that started the Black Power Movement, right. the slogan of the Black Power And from there on with SNCC, that made into the Black Panthers uh, in the mid-60s. And so, and here's a little thing. I don't think I mentioned this last week. Um, Bill Clinton can stick it up his ass be, uh, because something that he did disrespectful at John Lewis's funeral was he basically took a dig at Stokely Carmichael because Stokely Carmichael was more, uh, he, he was about peace, but he's, the kind of he was like on the Malcolm X spectrum, where and then he was talking about economics, and he was talking about watch out for those fake neon liberals and what have you, which I kind of agree with. Uh, actually, I do agree with that. Um, but he was a little bit more controversial in contrast to uh, John Lewis. So what Bill Clinton did at John Lewis's funeral this past week was basically say, like, you know, when the hand switched over to uh, Stokely Carmichael, uh, the group SNCC, because it was in John Lewis's hand, it basically went downfold, and it went a different direction, huh. and, you know, he was a little bit too volatile. First huh. of all, white man, do not interject your white pedo cigar saxophone ass having self into our civil rights movement and do not disrespect our leader right well That's and and because he uh he wasn't on any epstein planes uh touching little girls and and being all sex trafficky i don't think that there's any <laughs> it's just it's funny to me when you- it's funny to me when when um, a, a leader or an ex-leader or whatever some a politician demonizes someone else when their closet is filled I still, I'm angry that this Epstein thing doesn't seem to be going anywhere again. It almost feels like that's another thing that got swept under the rug with COVID. It's like, oh yeah, don't worry about the entire government and all the rich guys fucking young girls, like, everywhere on well, islands. What, do we all just forget already? under the rug. Clinton was on that, that island. He was doing the biz. It's with not the- under the rug. She, um, she's talking. You oh. know, you now the thing is, it's not front page, yes. Right. It's not front page news because it is, you know, we're talking about powerful people. We're yeah. talking about billionaires, fuck millionaires. So, of course, it's going to be in the back of any newspaper on page 12 right. in a small section. But she is talking. But here's Gillian. the really effed up part. This, two ties, and this happened on the uh, interview with uh, Donald Trump that I mentioned earlier. He, again, said when he was asking uh, – the interviewer asked about uh, Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, she, he basically said – and the, he, the journalist asked, so why did you say good luck to her? She is accused of you know, sex trafficking with these young girls. He's like – and 45 was like, well, I wish everyone the best of luck. You know, 
you know, until they're proven guilty or what have he, you. He supports... This is the second time. Oh, my God. That's disgusting. Our second president time. supports Ghislaine, the woman who was grooming young girls and getting them into Epstein's lair, and he's wishing her luck. She was grooming. She was... She was beyond grooming and here's so and be careful ladies and gentlemen what you read because like the washington post and or not the washington yeah the washington post and certain other uh publications will pretty up her they call her a madam now which oh madam madams are not pedos and then they they say uh millionaire blah 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 rather than woman accused of pedophilia or sex trafficker the right. language that they're using to pretty up the, this evil vile woman is very it's very vile evil i watched that i watched that netflix special and i i was abhorred that that as a woman she was okay with finding procuring these young girls and basically giving them away i mean because they the girls didn't see any money this wasn't even i mean it's sex trafficking it's not sex work she's not a madam because the girls weren't getting paid so and they're underage i i it's ridiculous they're not they're not little prostitutes no they're being forced into it it's trafficking they're being groomed and by a woman that freaks me out to know like i mean you gotta look out for your sisters there's no such thing as that. I mean, that's that. I don't see her. Me too. Yeah. Where's me too at? Mm. Where is me too? It doesn't matter. It, it, this is see. This is why we talked about this a couple years ago. Why we do not like the Me Too movement because it's full of shit. This is the moment right now that they need to be out speaking. But the problem is that fake ass Me Too group, which was ambushed by those Hollywood white celebrity bitches uh no offense white people i'm not calling all white women bitches i'm just talking about the ones that hijacked the movement and just basically fucked up the cause yeah the me too movement the thing is i think they're not talking about epstein or Ghislaine maxwell because some of those people are their donors think about that i don't have facts but we're talking about powerful people. We're talking about politicians, Hollywood moguls, entertainers. Uh, people you know, with power. Bankers. People with money. People with power. Yes. Fuck. Right. You know, and that's one thing. Like, I I just started thinking about that because I, I, too, watched the, the documentary, and I needed to take several showers after. Oh, I you couldn't. Know. I was so – usually – I'll binge a Netflix thing, right? And I'll just sit and I'll watch the whole thing. And I had to stop so many times and shake my head. And I I didn't even really understand what sex sex trafficking was until watching that documentary. And, and I had no idea that it was so pervasive. I had no idea of what well, was happening. Because we in this country, we ignore – we always – thought of sex trafficking is like, oh, that's something that they do in third world country. Right, Or yeah. that's something they do like in like Russia or what? Or sure, mail order brides, you know, Thailand, mail order something like that. Yeah. Exactly. That doesn't happen here. We have prostitution. No, we have sex trafficking. The thing is, this country is the are the OGs of sex trafficking. 
I mean, we could talk about when the settlers came with the indigenous. We could talk about the sex trafficking with uh, with uh, slavery with the oh, women and the children. Pocahontas. We can talk about yes, we could talk about single women during those times who were sex trafficked, uh, who were trying to move. You know, there's a lot of things. Sacagawea. This is yeah, that's sex. That's sex trafficking. They stole her yes, from her absolutely. land, and they said, "You're our guide now." And they, she went with them all the way. And this country is found on that. And again, this adds on to the movement of the veil coming down from America's ugliness. Yeah. We are a sex trafficking, racist, rapey, misogynist homophobic, nasty, greedy, capitalist country. Right, absolutely. And with all of the wealth consolidating in the hands of a few. And the, and I wish that the Occupy movement would come back and we'd start talking about these one percenters and we'd start talking about Jeff Bezos and we'd start, you know, Bezos means kisses it's, in Spanish and yet Jeff Bezos can kiss my motherfucking ass. That is asshole with his money and his power and why don't you I just how much money does one person need how much wealth and power does should one person have consolidated with just themselves I, I don't I don't oh I'm sorry go ahead. no 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 I'm, I'm finished oh I you know I don't care how wealthy you are you can you know my thing is this just tax motherfuckers yeah. that's it I don't care. You can, you can be a money hoarder. I don't care. My problem, that is your right. But my problem is, why are these people not being taxed? Or, you know, with how, in contrast to how we're taxed, well, we are nowhere near their status in income. And so, and, you know, I, we don't even have to talk about it split up when it comes to ginger or ethnicity. But just as a whole, in and I'm just even talking about in this country alone, worldwide, it's a mess. Yeah. <laughs> but in this country alone, the the, the fact, like, it's, I don't even want to harp on Jeff Bezos anymore because there's so many others that are out there, but they're just not known. Yeah. You know, those are the gatekeepers. But I have to give props to Jeff Bezos' ex-wife. She, she came up. She got half of that shit. Yeah. She got half of that Bezos money because she deserved it because she was there from the beginning. And she gave $1 billion to HBCUs, Historical Black College. Oh, fantastic. And Black Lives Matter movement. Yes, great. So when you do – right. So that's $1 billion. So my thing is if you do something like that, I must fall back and just look. You know what? You gave a billion uh, – it will. It, it'll. It'll come in handy. Yeah. Even yeah. if you're doing it just because. The words. The I words I'm looking for, for the are. Moment. The words I'm looking for are. Thank you. Thank you for the billion dollars to historically black colleges. Thank you for prioritizing education and saying that it's not just something that belongs to the wealthy and removing the classist barriers that we've put in place. The classist and racist barriers that we've put in place with education are insane. And all of that. Um affirmative action stuff that people kind of tried to deal with that was still that was super racist too like we were trying to not be yes. racist and then we became more racist by trying to be not racist with the affirmative action i felt like so no you didn't become more racist you add it added. it's like adding seasoning to your racism sure sure <laughs> right it's just a little bit of seasoned salt right there 
Well, I've been yeah. I've been having serious conversations <laughs> with people about reparations, and especially during this time, and that if the the government fucking fell apart and everything's falling apart, and we can give people six hundred dollars a week, what the fuck were we doing? Why have we not given reparations yet? Why can we not? What is wrong with you with our we nation that we can't say they don't want? To. We need on a large scale governmental presidential decree to say yeah systematic racism in the united states is real yes yes mass incarceration was a ploy yes the crack epidemic was planned and it and it was and we want to provide reparations our country was built on the backs of slavery and their free labor and you know what it's time to do it's time to pay them for their fucking labor it's time to pay them for building this country I think reparations are, and especially we just did. We just gave everybody six hundred dollars. We just printed a bunch of money and gave everyone six hundred dollars, and we can't give reparations, motherfuckers. What the what's? Well, you know what? But the thing is, the American people deserve that six hundred dollars. You know where I want our reparations to come out of? I want it to come out of the military. Amen. I want because as billions, excuse me, trillions of dollars go to the military. That's where all of our money is going. That's where our $600 that they don't want to give to us is going. That is where our higher wages are going. All that, our education, everything is going to the goddamn military. they just want more fodder. They don't, the the military doesn't want you to be educated. They want you to be stupid and and a listening soldier. They want you to follow directions and do what they say and they try to keep, they, the military Control. is terrible, and and I think the military is racist too because when you have a classist society and you don't let people get ahead monetarily, and you have racism and classism there, and people are held down and they don't have options and they yep. can't afford education, what do they have to do? They go into the military, military, and Four then they get brainwashed by our government every day. Poor white boys going to the military every single fucking day. You know why? Because exactly what you said. Exactly what you said. They can't afford college. They don't come from. They they still privilege because they'll be fine in the military, but they won't have any critical thinking skills. But those right. poor white boys always go to the military. Poor the black boys up, too. I see a lot of African American gentlemen in the military. Negroes. We 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 go to the military too. But here's a good thing too. Recently, the. Um, people who have been enlisting into the military has drastically gone down. And and it's still because of the reasons of why are we still in Afghanistan? I don't know. Um, Why are we having these secret wars in certain places? Yeah. I don't know. Why do we, I mean, now they're getting drones to do stuff. And a lot of people don't, I saw something like last year about this guy who was in the military who was in control of, you know, uh, controlling the drone. He oh. was basically flying them. And he said, I, 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 I can't do that. I've, I've killed people, and I've seen it myself. You know, I, you know, and, and it's a pussy way of being in combat, really. Like, <sighs> you're going to really fly a drone over a village, rather just be a man and just put your gun up and shoot it. You know, call me old-fashioned, but I'd rather you just, you know, be a man about it and show 
show your balls and then possibly die. That's so rather funny. Rather than use a drone. Be a man about it. Really you know? fight the war. Why we got to have drones? You do a hand-to-hand combat. Right. I don't. Don't be a pussy where no one can see you and you just drop and kill hundreds and thousands of people in a village. I hate the idea that we <laughs> pretend that we're an advanced society and yet we still. <laughs> murder people who are That's innocent low. the people that get killed in villages and in vietnam and in afghanistan and in iraq these are it's like us it would be like here i am at the radio station and suddenly somebody comes in with a gun and goes get on the ground what's going on where you're where you're in i don't know there's no one it's just me and then you and then you get shot like that kind of concept is really scary but i've watched black hawk down like when they're going you know, house to house, and they've got guns, and they're saying, what did these people do? They, they they were born in Afghanistan. I feel terrible for them. What did they do? They haven't done anything. It's it's just, it's innocence being slaughtered. And we're well, worried know, about they money. Like to go to any kind of, they like to go to any brown country or dark country and start some shit, you know. They ain't going to, like, Eastern Europe starting shit. Well, and it's the resources. Because America's the biggest bullies. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, it's we're big bullies, and we want the resources. We're like, we need all the oil. We, you know what? You're, you people don't need cars. We want your oil. I, and it makes me so crazy now because years and years ago, I was even saying it in the 90s, that we need to move from um, an oil-based economy to a more green technology. And my parents at the time, they were like, that's impossible. We can never. Everyone needs cars. Blah, blah, blah. We'll never have electric cars. And like now we have a couple. But if you look at the history of why we start and continue wars – it's over resources that can be used to monetarily benefit us and our peoples or whatever. But we've got to start thinking yes. more globally. We've, why are we still taking fossil fuels out of the ground, burning it and putting it in the sky when we know that that's like terrible for the environment, that the, well, that the ice caps are melting and that everything's falling apart? I have a feeling, um, going back to what you were talking about with the uh, the electric cars, because I, I think, give it another 10, 20 years, I think we possibly will be an electric, because especially what's going on in the UK, come, I believe, 2025 or 2030, uh, they will there will be no pet. Everything will be electric in the UK, and they're, they're obsoleting that right now. Like um, They're starting to sell more electric cars and what have you. So that way they can get rid of, the, uh, you know, the gasoline and what And you know what they're going to do with those cars? Electric. They're going to send them over to China. So they're not even going to go anywhere. They're just going to become part of, like, China's middle class. They'll take all our old gas cars and move them over there and be like, oh, well, it's on the other side of the world. So it doesn't really affect – it affects – I mean, it's a, it, the butterfly effect, right? I still believe in yeah. that. But, you know, I – I think what you didn't know, you were talking about battling in the villages. Yeah. This is our battle right now. This yeah. is, but the the difference is, it's not it's not a man with a gun. It's something that you cannot see and that can sneak up you on you and kill you. It's just man that's being a fucking asshole and not wearing a goddamn mask and not practicing social distancing. I and, know. And, and praising. Let's get to that. Forty-five. There is so. There is not a lot of social distancing. Uh, unbelievable. No, there isn't. I'm noticing that. I walking down. I mean, 
so I've been walking like if there's too many people on the sidewalk, I actually go into the street and go around people. I really do try to keep my six feet distance, but that's not things are changing. Like every people are way less scared now. And we're the second wave is coming and they're saying we should be getting more scared. And I feel like people are getting less scared. I'm getting more scared. I'm like actually like wearing my mask more now when I go for my jogs and what have you, Yeah. you know, because my thing is this, we need to be a little bit more on high alert in contrast to when we fucked it up earlier this, uh, this year with the, well, we actually haven't really ended the first round. So they're just going to have a combination, but you know, I'm hearing these stories like, of people in LA having these big mansion parties still. And there was a party in New Jersey last weekend, 700 people. What? At a fucking mansion in New Jersey. What? Wow. So, you know, that that's definitely going to get, it, it's, and I get it. It's summertime. People don't want to, you know, we don't have to worry about what's going on over there because, or in, in Jersey, because they're trying to get out because it's summer and they know winter's coming. For real. Winter is coming. Um, yeah, my buddy in Jersey said he went my buddy in Jersey said he went to the boardwalk this weekend and that it was unbelievable how many people were out there. It was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, when you come from states that uh, that have all seasons, I get why people are antsy and want to enjoy their summer. But you also have to take precautions. You know, like I don't know not going to a party where there's 700 fucking people or, you know, like it it just, people are getting too comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. You're definitely right. I want to make out so bad and I can't can't make out with anybody. It's COVID. No, people, people need to start being a little bit more, um, alert on alert. Do you know? Okay. So the numbers right now, San Francisco, only 61 deaths. Bay Area as a whole, 871 deaths. So the nine counties that make up, the nine counties together that make up the Bay Area, 871 deaths as of yesterday, I believe. And San Francisco proper, only 61, which I think is great. I think that we've been keeping our numbers down, and that's great. But that's what's making people, we've been doing these outdoor mics, like, we've, at parks, and, but we have, you know, we have, mic condoms and we wipe down the mic and all this stuff and we're definitely socially distanced and it's in a park it's outside uh but there's tons of people out every there are so many people in parks in san francisco so many people are trying to get out and it it, this is the time when the second wave we've kept our numbers so low and i just i would hate to see that little itty bitty number of 61 dead over these many months for that suddenly to go to like 600. And the possibility is there because people are out. They get, they get complacent about like not wearing, what if they, they could have it. One of my buddies, she just said that um, online, she said, I, I just got, I got tested and I had it and I was asymptomatic the whole time. So now she's in two weeks of quarantine, but she never had any symptoms at all. And so she got tested and she's like, she's a vector. Yeah. Nobody wants to be a vector. We don't want to, no one wants to get people sick. I don't want anybody to die. That's my whole point. I don't want anyone to die during war. I don't want anyone to die 
during this global pandemic. I feel like it would be great if everyone could. Unless you're Herman Cain. <laughs> well, <laughs> and I'm going to agree with you. There are a couple people I wouldn't mind. See, I mean, I'm not going to say. You heard about him, right? No, no, tell me about it. I was going to say, I'm not going to say kill the president, but I am going to say I'd like the president to kill himself. And I think that we should all get on Twitter and on Instagram and on Facebook and all at the same time say, 45, please kill yourself. Uh, and then he so, gets so butthurt. So you remember, you remember who Herman Cain is, right? No, I don't, I don't, I don't know who Herman Cain is. He, he ran, he ran in 2012, uh, he was a black Republican with oh. a 999. Okay. Black Republicans. Isn't that an oxymoron? Well, he, he's a coon. Anyway, he did. So um, he's, he, this is what happens when you tap, in, uh, tap dance for your master, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So Herman Coon Kane, uh, who is a Republican, he ran in, uh, in 2012 or 2011 for the 2012 election uh, as a Republican and had this stupid, stupid idea of 999. He's a former CEO of Godfather's Pizza, shitty pizza. Oh, wow. Um, and he basically was on Trump's um, uh, uh, Trump Black for Trump campaign. Wow. So he was trying to get some other coons to vote for a white supremacist. Well, Silly Coon was uh, basically uh, posting uh, propaganda, you know, calling like the COVID, like leaning it on the hope side and, oh. you know, saying that these masks are ridiculous. It's our freedom. He was one of those. Oh. So, um, Not mind that, you, Herman Cain is a cancer survivor, a uh, four stage, fourth stage cancer survivor. Damn. Back in 2006. So he's already beat death once but not this time uh so he decided to coon and go to that rally in tulsa the famous one that nobody went to because of tiktok right right 45 is trying to ban and so he posted out with a bunch of his coon friends like look at us have a good time no mask blah 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 he got covid and he was in the hospital for a month and the coon died last week so congratulations to the coon of the year award he's not here to accept his uh award but he will in hell hey so i have thank a... you so much for tap dancing for your math you i, I, I love that you did Go that on, diatribe boy. i have a joke for you that i want you to take because i can't do this joke but i think you can do this joke okay it goes like this tiger woods right Super, super rich white, or super rich white, super, super rich golfer, right? He's half Thai, he's half black, but I certainly can't call him a tycoon. (laughs) Oh, that's rude. See, I can't do that joke because I'm white. Because I'm white, I don't think I can do that joke on stage. You just said it on the podcast. I did say it on the podcast, but I said it in response to you using the coon word over and over and over. And I feel like it's the perfect joke for you because you're like, Tiger Woods, very, very rich, half black, half Thai, but I can't call him a tycoon. I mean. Thank you. Yes, I will be partaking in this word salad. Yeah, they're all tycoons, baby. Thank you. 
Yeah, you bet. I saw that the other, I figured out the other day as a, as a joke and I was trying to do it. And every person I've done it for, I haven't done it on stage because I just don't think, find it maybe appropriate um, yet or whatever. Because every time I tell the joke, everyone goes, oh, wait, that's funny. Did you make that up? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, did you hear that from someone else? And I'm like, no, I made it up. Uh, but it must be out there. But it's, I don't know. I know. Thank you for liking my joke, you know Latoya. You will be the Paul Mooney to my wicked fire. So basically, you wrote that joke. I'm going to give you props for it, and I will use it. Oh, I, I, I need you to do that joke on stage. Latoya, I love you. I miss you. I can't wait till that we can you. hang out again. We should. You should jump on one yes. of these Zoom calls with me and meet these. I'm telling you, you I would read the riot act. These. I should invite you to this one with the Jersey people. You would read them the riot act. I mean. You can't even believe some of the things that they say. It's like it's like they're living in the past, and they're they're kind of older guys too. So I'm trying oh, to change yeah. them. I'm trying totally, to make them yeah. woke as fuck. I don't. Totally, you know me. I, I like challenges. So yeah. hell yeah, I'll try that. I I, I gotta wear pants, right? Oh no, no pants. Yeah, no pants. Yay, yeah, no pants. Zoom Zoom party. It's uh, um. It's weird, dude. I've you know how I like younger men, and I always skew younger. On these Zoom calls, these older guys are giving me a lot of attention, and I like it. I didn't re- I didn't realize that at fo- I keep thinking like at forty five, it's this is it's all over. No, there's fifty five year old guys out there that are like on my Zoom jock. So yeah, they're like, look at this young chick. Ha ha. Ha ha. I know. See? I know. See, it's, like, they not... want them a younger girl too. Look at that. See? You see how that goes? See how that goes? See, see? Yes. I know. And walking five miles a day has not hurt my ass in any way. Let me tell you what. It's um <laughs> it's it's all it's all coming up Benjamins uh in COVID twenty twenty. Uh, well, I love you. Thank you. Um, please pass around the GoFundMe. Bye. You guys have been listening to Some Call Me Tim slash AltaCast slash Wednesday afternoon. Who even knows what's going on anymore? But thank you so much, LaToya, for calling in. <laughs> You're amazing. I miss you so much. Next week. Next, next week. week. Bye. Same, same bad time, same bad channel. All right, friends. Well, um, Perry Kurtz said that he might call in. He's a comedian from L.A. who's been on my Zoom calls, but he probably forgot. Um, I'll try to get another caller here. We'll see what happens. If not, I will play some old, some call me Tim or something like that. Whatever. Thanks for listening to Mutiny Radio. If you want to give me money, God, I'd really need it to keep the station alive. It's not, I'm, I'm not spending it on drugs, I promise you. I'm keeping, I'm spending it on rent. I'm keeping the station alive and, and really trying to keep free speech and comedy, poetry, and art just alive here in the mission, free speech and all that kind of stuff, and radical self-expression for me and uh, and all my buddies. And uh, you're my buddies, too. So Mutiny Radio, all one word, m- on uh, Venmo. If you want to throw us some ducats, that's amazing. Or a go- the GoFundMe is out there, and if you just look up Mutiny Radio, GoFundMe, you'll find it. It's also on the front of our website, mutinyradio.fm. Please listen to all of our strange shows. Go to the Oakland Unicorn this uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but really on Thursday and Saturday when I'm going to be hosting. You should definitely go to that. Alyssa uh, Westerland, Jade, just another disabled entertainer, uh, Kayla Keller, Sam Carroll, Xander Beltran, Kabir Singh. I know I'm missing someone else. And me, Pam Benjamin. 
Check out tickets at oaklandunicorn.com. It's a COVID outdoor comedy space, COVID compliant, totally safe, wear a mask, socially distance. And um, thank you guys. Thanks for being with me today. And I hope that there's more. I hope someone calls me. If not, coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we're going to have Aaron Atkins and Bella Dillman coming in doing some more podcasty potty pod, pod pod stuff. I'm Pam Benjamin. I'll talk to you guys soon. Right, I'm going to try to play this song here. This is John Stevens, the only thing. I love this song. I've memorized it, and I love it. I love it so much.
The music of Max Roach begins today's journey on the morning train. That is the title selection to the album Survivors, recorded in 1984 with a string quartet. Max Roach here credited on multiple percussion set. The album Survivors. Next up, Frank Lowe.
Thank you. 
and they're all in fear. They don't seem to want me, but they won't admit. Thinking black on black, strange creatures, black on strange creatures. From my body house, I'm afraid to come outside. Although I'm filled with love, I'm afraid they'll hurt my pride. So I play the part, I feel they want me. And I'll pull the shades so I won't see them seeing me. Having hard times in this crazy town. Having hard times, there's no love to be found. Having hard times in this crazy town. Having hard times, there's no love to be found. This is the morning train on mutinyradio.fm in .sf, and I'm your sole driver, J.D. Buell. That was Curtis Mayfield talking about hard times, a re-recording of that selection written for the album There's No Place Like America Today in 1975. That was re-recorded for inclusion on the compilation named Of All Time, which was released in 1990. Curtis Mayfield. Before that, on tenor saxophone, Frank Lowe from the album named Decision in Paradise. 
Frank Lowe there with Don Cherry, pocket trumpet, Grashon Moncour III on trombone, Jerry Allen piano, Charnette Moffat bass, and Charles Moffat on drums. The song was You Dig, Frank Lowe. Let's continue now with another selection from a CD I shared with you a few weeks ago by Da Cruz. Vestida de amor, 
Don't want to be lonely. That's the voice of Frankie Paul, and the track is Don't Want to Be. That is from a compilation named Strictly Underground, Reggae's Next Generation. Various tracks recorded in the early to mid 1990s. This album was released in 1996. Frankie Paul and Don't Want to Be. Before that, Da Cruz, the band named for vocalist Mariana Da Cruz. The album is named Sistema Subversiva, and the track we heard there was Vestida de Amor, Da Cruz. Now, as the morning train continues, we're going to go back again to new music 2016 this is the album leaf
Brothers and sisters, just be thankful for what you've got, as little or as much as that may feel like. Be thankful for what you got was by Massive Attack. That is from the first album released in 1991, Blue Lines. Massive Attack was preceded by a track from the album, This Is For The White Of Your Eyes by Choir of Young Believers, and that was released in 2009. That track was Why Must It Always Be This Way. Before that, from 2016, Bonivar, and the album was named 22 A Million, Bonivar's album of last year, we heard 33 God. And before 33 God by Bonivar, we heard a track from the album Between Waves, also a 2016 release. The album Leaf is the artist, and Never Far was the song. I'm never far from you. Well, it's true that mutinyradio.fm is never far from you, and if you live here in San Francisco, we are quite near. So I would like to remind you to come on down here for the... 42nd annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, the first week of March, March 1 through 5. It's a great way to support the station and come to live events. Tickets are only $10. And you can support the station by continuing to listen to the morning train with your friend J.D. Buell. I appreciate it. Please share with Others, let's get a bit of rockin' now with Rocket from the Tombs. I see the rain, well the rain is good. I see the 